This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's going on in BC? Now, I ask that question because according to statistics, our province is experiencing a significant increase in online child sexual exploitation cases, more reported cases that the police departments are trying to get a hold of, and it's hard for them to do that. These are challenging cases to kind of dig into. So what can also be done to prevent them? I'll try to get to the bottom of this now with the help of Dr. Caitlin Mendez, who's an associate professor in the Department of Sociology at Western University and the Canada Research Chair in Inequality and Gender. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Why are there so many cases right now of child sexual exploitation? Well, I think I think that there's two things going on. One, I think, has to do with the fact that in recent years, we definitely see younger and younger kids having access to digital technologies. And they're getting access to things like smartphones and computers and tablets uh, from a much younger age than, than they ever had before. Um, But I think another thing that's definitely going on is the fact that we also see um, just the way that these these crimes are being reported. So I definitely think that, you know, it's not necessarily that um, that the cases are higher in B.C. than in other provinces, um, but certainly the way that we're recognizing this is a big issue and it's getting reported a lot more. Right. Okay. so people are, are more aware. We're actually learning. That's right. Okay. so what classifies as child sexual exploitation? Um, Well, I think that there's different categories, and I think it really depends on the province. So it can be things from, um, you know, images that are are intimate or sexual, um, images or videos where there's intercourse going on, where there's sadism. There are actually different levels, um, and it really depends, I think, on the province, what, what, what counts as that. Right. And what are the challenges in trying to track down the perpetrators here? Well, it's hugely challenging. Um... There's, you know, the internet has been really great, but it, it also presents a lot of challenges because it means whereas before when children were often exploited, it was by someone in their community, someone who lived locally. Now with the internet, it's easy for someone to exploit a young person and they can be anywhere in the world. And I think that it's very uh, clear that, you know, there's challenges in terms of figuring out who is, who is perpetrating this, where are they located? And then that brings in a whole range of challenges because often the perpetrators outside the jurisdiction, you know, uh, we did see six, the six successful, um, uh, there was the Dutch man who uh, was charged right. with uh, the case of Amanda Todd, right? So him being extradited to Canada, but that's hugely costly, resource intensive, it requires the cooperation from other governments. So it really depends on who the person is. If the child knows the person in real life, that can make it easier. But if they don't know who they are, if it's just someone they've met online, it's really, really challenging to do anything about it. So then how can we prevent these cases from happening? I feel like, you know, we always talk about parents needing to know more about what their kids are doing online, but how insidious can it be? Oh, this is a huge issue. (laughs) I think most parents have no idea, you know, how powerful these technologies are, how easy it is for perpetrators to get in touch with young people. I think that it's really key that, you know, often parents, I think, I think naive, you know, they think that, oh, social media is great. Instagram, it's just puppies and cookies. And, um, you know, it's really kind of um, just like fun and play. 
And that may be their experience of social media, but it's absolutely being used as a tool. So there's key things I would say if you're a parent, if you if your child has a tablet, a device, if they're using social media, it's really important to talk to them about what are they doing online? Who are they talking to? What kinds of things are they seeing? You don't have to start by with these conversations of has anybody ever sent you an intimate image? You can start by saying things like, hey, has anything happened online that has made you uncomfortable or you found strange? So I would say as a parent, it's about having these regular catch-ups with your child. It's not just like the one sex talk. Um, right. You need to be talking to them about it regularly. You make such a good point there, though, because I think that's what happens is, right? Like parents think that, oh, it's the serious talk, and then it becomes yeah. difficult to have that talk. But really, it's about asking every day, hey, what are you up to? What are you looking at? What's that all about? Exactly. Exactly. What's going on? You know, like what, what's happening? And you don't even have to about have to ask about them. You know, hey, has anything weird ever happened to your friends? Or you can take cases that have happened in the news. Has this, has this ever happened? Do you know anything like this? And use that to start dialogue. And then you can ask some things like, well, what would you do if this happened to you? What kind of support would you want? What kind of help would you want me to provide for you? So you can have those kinds of conversations and take them through like the next step. So that's one thing. The second thing as a parent is when you Young people join social media. They're not actually supposed to have an account until they're 13 anyway. So that's something I think a lot of parents don't really realize. So that's the social media company saying, really, that's kind of the, the minimum age at which a child should be using these apps. But if you do decide to, to have them use one, you really need to make sure you go in and make the privacy settings to the strongest. Because most of the time when you open up a social media account, it allows anybody to contact your yeah. child. And that opens up huge risk. So you usually have to manually go in and change the privacy settings. So I would say that's something to do. If you don't know how to do it, you Google it. There's YouTube videos that will show you for whatever app. They will show you how you can change the privacy settings and make them to the strictest. I also um, wonder but, about this, Dr. Mendes, is that do we, do parents underestimate what it actually means when it's, when it says like child sexual exploitation? Like we, we may think the worst of that, but there are other, um, you know, ways that there is exploitation that might just be a picture. Oh, 100%. And I think that's it. It really only takes one image. Um, and I think another key thing is that a lot of times young people may not even know that they're being exploited because they think that this is someone they're in a relationship with. So there's the process of grooming that's really, really powerful. And we've seen this actually time and time again, why young people don't report. It's because, oh, this is someone I care about. Yeah, I'm sending them intimate images, but they have no idea. You know, maybe they think that the, the person that they're sending the images to is someone their age. Um, maybe not. Maybe they know that they're older, but they really think that this is a, you know, a caring relationship. And so they don't really understand the ways that these images or the way that they are being exploited and groomed. And we've seen many, many cases in the past where this kind of grooming has gone on for years. So these children are very willingly, you know, producing images. Um, and I think that, that that's what's really disturbing. It's kind of been normalized too for them, hasn't it, right? Because they may know other people who are doing the same thing. Well, I think another thing that parents don't really understand is that, you know, our intimate lives, our relationships are increasingly happening through phones and devices. So you're absolutely right. Just like it's normal for them to communicate, you know, forge relationships through the, through these devices, it's normal for them to have, you know, maybe romantic relationships through these devices as well. So absolutely, they are not the only ones who are sending intimate images. I think it's definitely something that... Um, that many young people are doing, and especially, you know, if you talk to older older people, you know, 18 plus, they're meeting partners through dating apps. 
So yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely sending sexy images, flirty images, messages all the time. It's just normalized. Are police getting better at, um, you know, connecting the dots here and going after these cases? Police uh, definitely. All, all the all the police officers I speak to understand that this is a huge issue. But I think it's a question of whether they have the resources and the training to catch up with what's going on. And again, it often requires cooperation between different levels of police, between law enforcement agencies and different provinces or even in different countries. So it's not an easy solution, even though the police maybe know that this is a huge issue. They just may not have the resources or the technology changes so fast. That's the other thing. Um, You know, it's so hard to kind of play catch up with what's going on. Oh, so interesting. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Kaylin Mendez, Associate Professor in the Department of Sociology at Western University, the Canada Research Chair in Inequality and Gender, talking about child sexual exploitation. Uh, increasing number of cases in Canada, uh, and in fact, BC has more cases. We account for 54% of Canada's reported incidents, although Dr. Mendez makes a great point. Is it just that because I think also the Amanda Todd case and the Aiden Coban trial as a result of that, it is a much more widely discussed thing here in BC. And maybe that has prompted more awareness, as Dr. Mendez said. So people go, hey, wait a minute. I read about that. That's wrong. And so they're reporting it where that might not be the case in other provinces, right? But still really important discussion to have with your kids as well.